0: This is The California Report. Good morning, I'm Lily Jamali. This weekend, it got hot, and despite the shelter-in-place directives, people headed outdoors, crowding beaches, and there are photos to prove it. We're looking at you, Newport Beach. Shelter shamers were on it, calling out that kind of antisocial social behavior. At the same time we've been hearing growing calls from elected officials for a phased responsible reopening of california just parts of it for now they're coming from the conservative northern parts of the state and in san luis obispo county along the central coast republican assemblyman jordan cunningham is among those asking governor gavin newsom to sign off on a gradual reopening saying his region is ready
3: like everywhere else we've had a considerable impact we got a number of early cases, but we've been managing the caseload pretty well. We moved aggressively on the county level in San Luis Obispo uh, to issue an early stay at home order, which uh, the county did a day before the statewide one. And right now for a county of 285,000 people, uh, we only have three folks that are COVID positive in the hospital. So we want to start looking at what the next step looks like for a phased science-based reopening of our, our local economy.
0: So you've sent this letter to Governor Newsom. You're part of a bipartisan group of leaders asking for local control for that phased reopening, as you call it. Why do you think you're ready at this point?
3: Well, consider that in the last month, uh, our county's seen over 20,000 uh, unemployment claims filed. Our, our small businesses are getting absolutely crushed. We're a uh, tourism and ag economy, and tourism's slowed to about zero. So we're seeing an immense impact on the economic front, and that also impacts public health. We know from 100 years of studying this from the Great Depression to now, when you have a serious prolonged recession and high unemployment, uh, you see suicides go up, you see domestic violence go up, you see heart attacks go up. Uh, We're seeing those indicators point in the wrong direction here locally. So in terms of crafting public health policy that makes sense, I think you've got to put all aspects of public health in the balance.
0: Given the fact that we are nowhere near a vaccine and we don't have adequate testing, what are you telling your constituents in terms of your region's readiness to manage what's to come once this phased reopening begins, if you get your way?
3: We do have testing, tracking, and tracing capability here in San Luis Obispo County that can handle uh, our population. I think we're in good shape there. Our phased reopening, by the way, it would not go to you know, we're not going to fill the bars with college students. The first thing would be we reopen hospitals for medically necessary surgeries that people have been putting off. Uh, that has a public health consequence. Uh, we'd reopen construction. We'd reopen some restaurants that can show they can maintain physical distancing and spread the tables out. Give PPE to their to their cooks and to their workers. Uh, we'd phase it in slowly with the ability to to dial it back if we saw an uptick in cases in a particular area. Uh, so. I think our plan's a pretty solid one. I think it's uh, sound in science and in medicine. Because of our numbers and our early action we took on the county level, uh, we're probably in a better position to start doing this than almost anywhere else in the state.
0: All right. Assemblyman Jordan Cunningham of San Luis Obispo, thank you.
3: Thank you very much, Lily.
0: In some places across the country, Native Americans have been hit incredibly hard by the coronavirus. But California tribes seem to have averted that catastrophe so far. KQED's Laura Clivens checks in on how the Yurok in Northern California are working to keep their community safe.
4: Virginia Hedrick was born and raised on the Yurok Reservation and now directs the California Consortium for Urban Indian Health. She says COVID-19 messages need to be relevant to Native people.
1: Creating targeted messaging that includes Indigenous faces, Indigenous colors and baskets and things that relate to us, then the message is for me.
4: She says people over the age of 70 are called elders, not seniors. And for social distancing, it doesn't work to talk about limiting interaction to your family.
1: One well, in Indian community, we're all family. And so our brothers, our sisters, our parents... If you think about, oh, I can just see my family, that's still a pretty large network of people.
4: Instead, she says, limiting contact to people in your household makes a lot more sense. And it matters who public health orders come from, because Native communities have some serious reasons to distrust government.
1: You know, we had Indian women sterilized in the 50s and 60s and 40s on a federally funded program. And so when you have these same institutions coming out and saying, you can't leave your home and this is the new guidance, it can be hard to trust that agency.
4: It's important, she says, that the message come from tribal leadership. Joseph James is the Yurok chairman. He declared an emergency and says the tribe is sharing information on social media and on A-frame sandwich boards for people whose homes don't have power. James says there are a lot of vulnerable members of the tribe, people with high blood pressure, diabetes, and
1: elders. Over these last two weeks, as we made a, a huge push to with providing elders' food boxes to our elders that live on the reservation and outside of our reservation. The tribe has closed their reservation,
4: asking people who don't live there not to stop if they're driving through. And James says, the tribe has more than practical
1: measures to draw on as Indian people, you know, we we go back to our culture and our way of life and in prayer.
4: Just a few weeks ago, tribal members scheduled what would traditionally be a communal dance in a socially distant way. They set a time for a ceremony, but asked everyone to participate from their homes.
1: They asked everybody to to join in solidarity and in prayer with them, however you want to pray.
4: Maybe by lighting a fire or bringing out traditional regalia for what's known as the jump dance.
1: It was a prayer not just for us, it was prayer for, for everybody across the world in combating and pushing back this uh, COVID-19 virus. While this virus
4: is new, Chairman James says it's important to call on some things that are very old. For the California Report, I'm Laura Clivens.
0: At 7.30 Pacific time this morning, the federal government is expected to reopen the Paycheck Protection Program, or the PPP, aimed at getting help to small businesses struggling during the COVID-19 pandemic. It's the second round for this controversial program. Things didn't go so well the first time for small businesses that lost out to bigger competitors with better bankers, accountants, and lawyers. Now, more PPP dollars made it here to California than any other state in the nation. But keep in mind, we're also the most populous state. And when you look at what proportion of our state's small businesses got help from the PPP, California ranks dead last. Reporter Aaron Glantz of Reveal has been looking into this. He starts us off this morning with details on what he found.
2: So here in California, only 15 percent of small businesses got money through the Small Business Administration's Rescue Program. If you look at North Dakota, a state that still today has not shut down, where there are only a handful of coronavirus cases, 60 percent of businesses in North Dakota got help through this SBA program. And it's the same story if you look at other states that have not shut down. Nebraska, South Dakota, for example, they also received a majority of businesses there getting help.
0: And Aaron, what are some of the patterns you found in terms of states by how quickly they shut down and also political leanings?
2: We found the states that have stayed open for business have a lot more businesses in those states have gotten relief money. And that is very disturbing because this $349 billion relief program was started to help small businesses struggling because of the coronavirus. And then we see that a large percentage of businesses in states that have not shut down have received money through this aid program in North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Iowa. None of these states have shut down. All of them, a great percentage of businesses have received relief.
0: And Congresswoman Jackie Speer from here in the Bay Area called this out a couple of days ago, went as far as to say that there is political interference at work. She's calling for an investigation. How did the Small Business Administration respond when you asked them about that?
2: Uh, the SBA is saying that it's just a first come, first serve, that they don't treat anyone unfairly. But Congresswoman Spear is noticing a really troubling pattern, which is that eight of the top 10 states for businesses getting help voted for Trump. And then if you look at who didn't get help, seven of the 10 states at the bottom voted for Hillary. And the question is why? This is a relief program that is supposed to help businesses struggling because of the coronavirus. And we know that even though the coronavirus doesn't discriminate politically, that blue states are actually the ones at the top of the list of coronavirus impact.
0: All right, Aaron Glance from Reveal. Thank you for crunching the numbers for us. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. So what does this new round of funding mean for small business owners? For that, we go to the California Report's Mary Franklin Harvin, who talked to an ice cream maker in Truckee near Lake Tahoe. He's still waiting for a loan.
5: Kenny Blum opened the Little Truckee Ice Creamery in the summer of 2017. They
1: say ice cream is recession-proof. I don't know if that's totally true, but... (laughs)
5: Like a lot of other business owners in Truckee, Blum relies on tourism. In the summertime, the creamery also operates an ice cream trailer, which people can book out for events. Everything in May is already canceled because of concerns around coronavirus, but he's hoping, since they're all outdoors, some of his later summer events will still happen. Until then, most of the shop's earnings are coming from local ice cream deliveries.
1: I get orders of like 12 pints from one family. It's pretty amazing.
5: (laughs) It doesn't compare to regular business, though. So when he heard about the Paycheck Protection Program, he didn't waste any time reaching out to his bank, Wells Fargo.
1: I went on their website and they said that it was online only and to fill out this little form as a request for the application. So we couldn't fill out the application right away. This is in like within less than a day of them announcing the program.
5: So around the 1st of April, Blum got the process started by putting in his request. But it took another two weeks for the bank to give him the go-ahead to submit his application.
1: I got it all in, and the next morning I woke up to the headline saying that the PPP funding had run out.
5: As the second round of funding launches this week, Blum is hoping the process will be easier this time, since Wells Fargo already has his application. But he's already gotten confusing messages from the bank about whether he'll have to start the process over. In an email, a representative from Wells Fargo confirmed that customers like Blum do not need to fill out a new application and that the bank will continue processing loan requests in the order it received them. But the Small Business Administration says Blum doesn't have to sit on his hands and wait for Wells Fargo because even if small business owners have already submitted paperwork to one bank, that doesn't mean that they can't go to another SBA lender and submit their
1: application.
5: Miriam Barajas works for the SBA and confirmed that PPP candidates can apply with more than one lender, and the system will ensure they'll only be funded once. Also, the new bill provides $60 billion specifically for smaller lenders, which might motivate people to hedge their bets with both bigger institutions and local banks. In the meantime, Blum's going to stick to his delivery route and see what Summer, and the PPP, bring. For the California Report, I'm Mary Franklin Harvin.
0: And that's the California Report for this Monday, April 27th, a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Lily Jamali. Thanks so much for listening.
5: Support for the California Report comes from Paint Care. Ideas to use up house paint and leftover paint taking up space can be found at paintcare.org. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing through science the interdependence of all living systems, and Hint Water. Hint is water infused with fruit essences including watermelon and blackberry, no sugar, no sweeteners, no calories, available in grocery stores. Hint, mouth-watering water.